Today is my monopathode about confession. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Well, good morning to you. Uh, today, I wanted to spend just a few more minutes on the passage in Romans chapter 10 about confession. I want to read starting in verse 9. Here it says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This passage of scripture is just full of incredible information. But you'll notice there, twice in the passage, it talks about confession. It says right at the beginning of verse 9, if you confess with your mouth. And then again in verse 10, and one confesses with the mouth. And that's the part I want to talk about. Just in the last episode, Tommy and I spent some time talking about the different ways we can confess that are mentioned in Scripture. There's the confessing of sin, there is the confessing of Jesus as Lord and God as Lord, and there's even a sense in which God and Jesus confesses us. In all of those cases, what we're dealing with is an admission of truth, or as Tommy said, the Greek word is the say the same thing concept. Well, with that concept of saying the same thing or speaking in agreement, here we've got this passage used where it says you do that with your mouth. What we are supposed to do as Christians is to spend time using our mouth to talk about who Jesus is and to talk about what Jesus has done and to talk about the fact that he is Lord and not we ourselves. If we take those three ideas, who Jesus is, what he has done, and that he himself is our Lord, we've got a really great message that we can share with the world. First of all, that he is. There's a lot of people in our world that think Jesus wasn't the man the Bible presents him to be. Maybe they will argue, and this is less often these days, that he never actually even existed. Or probably more likely, he's not the man he's presented in Scripture to be. They'll argue the fact that he is sinless. Or um, years ago, there was a big movement that he was not the unmarried Savior who was crucified on the cross, but rather he was a man who was married and had children, and he just fooled the world with the cross. All sorts of ideas that Jesus isn't who the Bible says that he is. But here Paul tells us we have to agree that Jesus is, that 
He is Jesus. He is uh, the, the Savior of the world. He is the one who lives sinlessly as our example. He is, as John says, the one who came down from heaven and dwelt among men. He is, uh, as the Gospels present, the great teacher, the one who told the parables, the one who, who confronted the Jewish leaders who had a wrong religious idea as to what it meant to serve God. He is the miracle worker. The Gospels are very clear about the incredible miracles that, that he did. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see. He cast out demons. He made the lame walk. He healed bleeding disorders among women. He healed both Jews and Greek. He was indiscriminate in the way that he used his power to bring good among the people around him, all for the purpose of pointing out who he is, that he really did have the authority of God because he came from God. We have to, with our mouth, confess Jesus is. That requires us to, to know him. And to be familiar with the gospel story, to be familiar with what the Bible actually teaches about Jesus. Also, we need to know what he did, not just the stories, the teachings, the miracles, but the cross and the resurrection and the ascension. Those are of utmost importance, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians. We are to be those who would be focused on Jesus as the one who died in our place, who was willing to walk to the cross as a criminal, even though he committed no crime, and walk in shame, even though he had nothing for which to be shamed. He was the one who was willing to be nailed up there, to bleed on our behalf, to be the sacrifice for us that would take our sins away. And after that, he was buried, and we find three days later, on that first day of the week, he resurrected from the dead. He came back. He didn't stay in the grave as was prophesied. He, he came back. He did exactly what God said he would do. And that is part of what makes his story so amazing. He is the forerunner on our behalf when it comes to the resurrection. The fact that he came back from the dead proves that we can come back from the dead if we also rest in the power of God. And because of all of that, we can know that Jesus is Lord. He is the one who has the right, the authority, the ability to tell us what we should and should not do. He is the one that we go to for answers. He's the one who has all of the answers. And that's part of what makes serving Jesus so amazing. He, because of his authority, because of his knowledge, because of his goodness, knows exactly what we should do. He, we are told over in Hebrews chapter 4 that he was tempted in all ways that we are tempted. And because of that, he can know what we should do when we're facing difficult situation and when we have hard decisions to make. Jesus knows the right decision. So if we want to make the right decision, we must agree to let him be Lord. Let him be in control. Let him be our master. Let him be the one who tells us good and bad. He deserves it. Now, the thing that this passage also identifies for us is the idea that we should confess all of those things with our mouth. There was a movement for a while that 
we should do evangelism merely by shining our light. That if we go out in the world and we just shine a light, if we just live good lives, if we don't say the same words that others say, and we don't watch the same television shows and are entertained by immorality, or uh, if we find other things to do that would allow us to, uh, to sh- be different than the world, then that would be enough. As long as we're different than the world, then, then we, we've done the job of evangelism. And I would argue that is absolutely not true. Here we are told our job is not just to believe and not just to live righteously, but that we are to confess with our mouth that he is Lord, that he is, that he resurrected from the dead. We have to go out in the world and talk about Jesus. We have to go out in the world and tell people how amazing he is. We have to go out into a world of people who are either antagonistic towards Jesus or apathetic toward Jesus and convince them that he is, he resurrected, and that he is Lord. Now, All of that requires us to live righteously. All of that requires that we be holy people. We will never be able to talk about a holy and righteous Jesus if we are not ourselves attempting to live holy and righteous lives. But we cannot stop merely at the living of good lives. We must also talk about the one who walks before us, our Jesus, the one who did everything right, the one who suffered on our behalf, and the one who has the right to command our lives. We have to not just believe, but confess with our mouth. And if we'll do that, then as we talked about in the previous podcast, he will confess us before his Father who is in heaven. Let me encourage you, again, to not just believe with your heart, but to proclaim with your mouth that he is an awesome and glorious Savior. And through that, we can start calling on the name of the Lord and telling the world about who he is so that they might also be saved. Thanks again for listening to Preach Impediments. And if you have not yet, go back and listen to the interview I did with Tommy Peeler and what he had to teach about confession. It will challenge you to have a new understanding about the importance of making this a part of your everyday life. Let me remind you that if you enjoyed the episode, we'd love to have you leave some comments, let us know what we can do better, or let us know what topics you would like to hear discussed. Don't forget to, we greatly desire for you to share this podcast with those that you think could benefit from hearing great definitions and discussions regarding words that we use as we discuss the Bible. And if you are enjoying this podcast, we ask that you will subscribe to it. If you need more information about Preach Impediments, you can find out more at preachimpediments.com.